I'm joined by Matt McCall, former head coach with UMass in Chattanooga, also national champion uh, assistant coach with Billy Donovan at his alma mater at Florida. Matt, how's it going today? It's going great, man. How are you? I'm doing, I am I feel much better now than I did last week. A, a week ago, I was uh, running a fever, and I was just ready to – I was I got up and walked around and then I was exhausted. So I'm 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 feeling much better today and I'm happy to get you um, on the show as always. And we're going to talk some college hoops and a little bit of the NBA as well. And uh, now that we've gotten into uh, we're, we're well into conference play here, um, Florida's got three wins in a row. They're they're riding some some momentum a little bit off a really good win the the other night. Um, against Missouri and, and trying to continue that momentum. They've got AM on the road, Mississippi State, South Carolina. Winnable games, AM will be a little bit tougher than those other two. Um, and based on the latest bracketology, Matt, uh, the Gators are right there with AM on one of the first teams who are out, at least according to Joe Lenardi on things. Uh, is there anything that sh- should they be winning all three of these games if they want to try to continue to build some of that momentum going into a couple of ranked matchups that they've got in conference play? Well, I think one, I think anytime you try to win on the road, especially in the SEC, really for anybody, uh, it's a difficult task. And I think the game tomorrow night uh, versus Texas A&M is, is an unbelievable challenge for them. Um, I think they still got some work to do in order in getting into the NCAA tournament. You know, early on in the year, everyone looked at that FAU loss. Man, that loss is not looking like a very bad loss at all with what no, Dustin May is doing down in Boca Raton. Uh, it's impressive. I've done a bunch of games for them on ESPN plus, um, and really to see that team respond. Right. And and I know everybody wants to talk about the Gators, but you know, outside of probably Miami, I think FAU is the best team in the state. And I think they proved that night in and night out. Um, but I, I think Florida has some work left to do. I think the three games that they've won, I think they're three solid wins. I think they're three games that, that they should have won. Uh, you know, I think, you know, beating LSU on the road, you know, LSU didn't have the hardest non-conference schedule, but Florida found a way to win that game to follow it up and beat Georgia. Um, and then obviously, um, you know, beat Missouri this past weekend, kind of similar to LSU. Not sure that their strength of schedule was very high, but um, nonetheless, they've taken care of business. And that's what they got to continue to do. Um, they've got to win games. They've got to win games going forward to, to be able to get into the tournament. And, you know, you're going to get opportunities. You're going to get opportunities against Tennessee. Um, you're going to get opportunities, you know, obviously against Kentucky, who's, in my opinion, too, on the outside looking in as well. You know, Alabama, to me, is the clear-cut favorite in the SEC right now with what they've done. I think them and Tennessee are in a category of their own. Um, you know, and I think Auburn's right there, and I think, you know, Florida obviously went toe-to-toe with them uh, for the majority of that game. So, uh, I think Florida's got some work left to do. Um so we'll see what transpires, but you just got to you got to take care of business. You got to put your best foot forward every single night. And um, you know we're we're mid January now. You know once you get to that end of January, beginning of February, you know all of a sudden February is a short month, and um, you're close to March. So you know I think for Florida and Florida fans, I think they just got to continue to to win games and win the games you're supposed to win. Don't have any hiccups along the way, and try to find a way to win you know, against the Tennessee, against the Alabama, uh, and, and pluck off one of those teams uh, to put yourself in the best possible situation. Matt McCall joining the Sports Drive now, former head coach at UMass in Chattanooga, college basketball analyst, uh, as you heard him say, for, for ESPN uh, in ESPN+. Plus. Matt, uh, 
Alabama, you 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 brought them up. Are, are they a Final Four team right now? I mean, they they are they obviously play with one of the higher paces in all of college basketball. But then you look at what they've been doing defensively as well. In your mind, are have they been playing like one of those teams that you see make a run in March to get to the Final Four? You know what? I I think there's probably about ten teams you could put into that category. Um, you know, obviously Houston. Um, you know, Kansas, they got a big one tonight. They're playing right now as we're on the phone here uh, or on air. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I think uh, Alabama is in the category. Purdue's in that category. There's just so much parity this year. I don't think there's a clear cut. Hey, this team is guaranteed to make it to the final four. And again, mm. a lot of that comes down to matchups. You got to have the right matchups. If you don't have the wrong matchup. Anything can happen uh, in that tournament. It's a it's a one game shot. Um, so uh, I think Alabama is definitely in the category. I, I think Coach Oates has got them playing at a high high level. Um, and you know, I think the SEC with them in Tennessee, like we said earlier, I think those are the two clear cut favorites in the league. Um, I wouldn't count out Tennessee either. Um, I know that. Kentucky was able to go into Thompson Bowling Arena and beat him the other day, which is not an easy task by any means. Mm. Uh, but I think they've also proven what they can do. They're the team that, that beat Kansas. Um, so, uh, But I think Alabama's right there. I think their style of play, I think they've got to make shots. I think Brandon Miller is – I don't know if, where he's projected in terms of the NBA draft, but if he's not one, then he's 1A because he has <laughs> just had an outstanding year and to see what he's doing night in and night out as a freshman in one of the best leagues in the country is just so impressive. Yeah, and Ados has got those guys playing really, really good basketball right now. And as you mentioned, you know, Tennessee with Rick Barnes and 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 uh, Auburn as well with Bruce Pearl and some of the other teams involved, uh, Eric Musselman in Arkansas. Uh, and, and, I, and you brought this up as well, Kentucky. Really weird to see them struggling the way that they have been. I, I don't know if you can compare this to, I don't remember what year it was exactly, but I know that Kentucky had one of these years where they really were having a hard time. And I think it was, it was one of the Julius Randall years where they made the NIT and missed it and missed out on the NCAA tournament. I don't know if you can compare this year with, with Kentucky to that one, Matt, but wh- where does this one lie? Cause we're not used to seeing Kentucky or really even John, John Calipari either. In, in this boat where his teams are outside looking in and, and obviously his teams have, have a lot of youth that come along with those high quality rankings that he gets year in and year out. Yeah. Well, it wasn't Julius Randall's year. Um, Julius Randall was actually 2014 uh, and they made the national championship game. We were in the final four with them. We had beat them three, three times that season uh, when I was at the university of Florida. Uh, but they ended up, we made the final four. They were in the final four. And well, they was it 13 championship game? No, that was 2014. 2014. Uh, Final Four was in Dallas. Uh, but you're exactly right. I believe the previous year, right, right. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, Alex Poitras, uh, they were in the NIT, and they okay. ended up traveling to Robert Morris, and Robert Morris beat them uh, in that first round of the NIT. Um, you know, That's I, right. I just think, again, you know, no, you're not used to seeing this with Kentucky, and you know, even that COVID year, and I think you got to throw that out the window uh, because of everything that everyone was dealing with in terms of that, where they finished below 500. Uh, but you're not used to seeing it. Um, and it's hard to win. It's hard to win. 
And the fact that Coach Calipari has been to six Final Fours uh, speaks volumes of what he's been able to do uh, as a coach. Uh, but, you know, what's happened in previous years has no bearing on this year. And, you know, they've got the reigning national player of the year back in Oscar Chigwe. Uh, but everyone's keying in on him. And who's going to step up uh, while teams are double-teaming him? And you can't just allow him to go offensive rebound and – uh, someone else has got to be able to make shots from the perimeter. So um, I just think with all the parity that's going on in college basketball and how good these other teams are, am I, am I surprised that Kentucky's not further along at this point in the year? No, I'm not surprised, but they did pick up a, a, a heck of a win at Tennessee. Uh, and, and you hope, especially without Severe Wheeler, who didn't play in that game, that maybe a win like that for Kentucky, I don't think you say you hope, especially as a Florida alum, uh, but <laughs> right. you think that maybe that can that can uh, catapult them a little bit. And listen, there's still a lot of quality basketball games to be played um, and wins for them to pick up. And Rupp Arena is the most difficult place to play in the SEC. It's not even close. I don't care how good Kentucky is, how bad they are. There's no better place in the SEC in terms of just an environment, more difficult environment. Um, so they have an opportunity here, much like Florida – I think they got some work left to do. They can win some of these games, uh, but if they're able to do that, then then they'll be in the tournament. And you know, everyone kind of pinpoints last year and losing to St. Peter's in the first round. And what's wrong with Kentucky? What's wrong with Kentucky? Um, I just think the parity in college basketball is is outstanding, and uh, there's really good coaches out there as well. And um, you know, they, they've got to find a way to to string together some wins here uh, in order to get in that tournament. Matt McCall, uh, joining the show now, champion, uh, national championship-winning assistant with Billy Donovan, as well as a head coach at at UMass in in Chattanooga. Thank you for correcting me on that, too, by the way. I want to make sure we got the year right for everybody. I mean, you even mentioned, too, (laughs) along with this parody, they've got, right now, Joe Lenardi's got FAU as as an AQ, obviously, but as a 10 seed. So we're, I mean, and I think we've seen this here as well as we've, you know, had over the last couple of decades even where more mid-major schools are not only making runs in the tournament, but they're hitting into, they're getting into the top 25. Obviously, Houston have put themselves in another, in another category so much that while they play in the American, they are a, a major conference sort of a team. Obviously, same thing with Gonzaga, but you talk about FAU and you talk about some of these other teams that as mid-majors are getting into the 8, 9, 10, even 11 seeds, these guys can play basketball, and FAU's only got one loss, as you mentioned, inside the top 25. Um, not even necessarily a Cinderella story because they are legit, and they obviously can can play some ball pretty good. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think a 10 seed's too high for them. Uh, okay. I, mean, I think with what they've been able to do, I mean, their only loss on the season is to Ole Miss, and that was without one of their best players, who two nights later – has 20 against the Gators and goes four for six from three. Like, you know, had he played in that game and Michael Forrest, maybe they don't lose to Ole Miss, right? And I think the only reason that they're not ranked higher and that Lenardi doesn't have them um, seated higher is because, you know, Ole Miss is struggling a little bit. But they've taken care of business. I think Conference USA is a very challenging conference. I think you look at the teams in that conference, you look at UAB, who a lot of people – uh, had picked to win the league. You look at Western Kentucky and all the talent that they have in that league. You look at Charlotte. I mean, there's just so many good teams 
um, in that conference, North Texas, who FAU, by the way, has already beaten twice. They were picked, I think, to, you know, either one or two in that league. So um, I, I think 10, a 10 seed right now for FAU is way too high. I think they just, they're more deserving of that. But, again, there's so much basketball left to be played. Yeah. Um, but we're just in the middle of January, and all that will be played out um, once we get to February and, and at the end of February, the beginning of March. Matt McCall joining the Sports Drive now. Uh, same thing with Charleston, who are 18th in, in, in uh, the country as well uh, from the SOCON. They are also a 10 seed in, in uh, the latest bracketology, 18th in the country. Uh, I want to ask you a question about high school hoops. It's not necessarily a particular person or, or team or anything like that, Matt, but given your uh, time as a head coach but also an, an assistant with Billy Donovan, when when you go on these recruiting trips or, or you, you go to – um, these AAU tournaments or you show up to a high school to check somebody out while you guys are on the road or something like that is obviously you're going to look for fit and, and skill with the respective team that you're on. But is there anything that you wanted in players particularly that you wanted to see them give in regards to hustle leadership character wise that uh, helped set some guys apart who you recruited uh, to Florida or to UMass or, or to Chattanooga, as opposed to other ones that you might've liked, but from a character standpoint, you're like, ah, I, I don't know if they really fit our team or if I want that type of a guy with my program. Well, I think in recruiting, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, softball, whatever it may be, you're never going to bat a thousand, right? Um, it's just, there's not enough time that, you know, within the rules you're given to see a kid enough, evaluate a kid enough, um, understand, how does he respond when things are going well? How does he respond when things aren't going well? And all those types of things. So you're never going to bat a thousand, but I think you've got to try to figure out one, Hey, where's his character? What kind of teammate is he? Um, when it's going well in an AAU or a high school game or a prep school game or a junior college game, how is he responding? Is he cheering on his teammates? If it's not going well, is he still cheering on his teammates? I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, trying to identify those things, trying to find guys that are girls that have high, high character um, and that want to win and always put the team first. And like I said, you're never going to get, you know, bad a thousand. Um, you know, you, you may run into a, a player in your state that's really, really talented um, that you feel like being in the state, you got to take this guy because of his talent, but also be willing to pass on guys uh, that don't fit your culture. Uh, and aren't all about the right things. But mm. you're never going to bat a 1,000. Uh, it's it's too difficult, um, like I said, with the way the rules are um, and really not getting an opportunity to evaluate guys enough. Um, but I think you got to try to, try to you know, sift through it a little bit in terms of that character piece. I think it's the most important thing. What do you think the NBA draft, uh, it seems like soon, uh, going to be allowing high school players to, to go to the league? What what do you think that's going to do for college basketball? Is it going to help it a little bit? Which I, I tend to actually lean that way a little bit uh, in terms of the quality and the guys that want to be there a little bit more may, maybe than just being a one and done. What does that do for college basketball when the NBA allows those 18-year-olds to, to, to go straight to the NBA? Well, they did it before. Um, and I, I, I think college basketball was, was in a good spot. I think the reason that the league, um, you know, went to an age limit or went to 
you know, having to spend a year in college was, you know, not because of the Kobe Bryant's and LeBron James's and Kevin Garnett's who had unbelievable careers, but it's those guys that just weren't ready. They weren't ready physically and, you know, ended up jumping into the NBA at 17, 18 years old and were out of the league in three years. So I think that's why the NBA did it. I, I think in terms of college, I don't think it changes it. Um, I think that it's going to still be extremely competitive. You're always going to have fan bases that are going to cheer on the teams and root for their teams. There's all, you know, the, the quality of coaching in college basketball right now is, is through the roof. So um, I, I think the NBA did it more so to, to try and um, protect those guys that, that maybe just aren't ready. Um, and, you know, there's only so many – Kobe's and LeBron's out there, uh, but there's a lot of other stories where, where it didn't pan out, and I think that's originally why the league did it, uh, but I don't, I don't think it impacts college uh, that much, especially not anymore with name, image, and likeness and you know how, how players are now being able to be compensated. Yeah, yeah, and obviously that has certainly made things a, a little bit better as well as, as they deserve to be compensated. Uh, final thing. So I, I talked about this a couple of weeks on on the show, and it's been a, a little bit since, since I've been able to get you on, Matt. But and we talked about Zion and and the importance that he brings, and if they're going to be okay with him, um, you know, just in terms of what they bring from a depth perspective, with with him out, and I don't I don't want to compare him to Anthony Davis in this regard, but I think obviously when he's healthy, he's one of the best players in the league. I think based on how he was playing, he he had shown that, and how the Pelicans are playing. Similar to Anthony Davis, where when he plays, he he plays very well. But it, and I told you this before uh, we we had got on is that normally, I mean, the old adage as it always goes, the best ability is availability. And are we getting to a point where the Pelicans should be maybe a little bit worried about Zion? Just we we know he's good when he plays, but the problem is the these little things that come up. They're starting to become a little bit more often where it's an ankle or it's a knee or it's a it's a quad. Anthony Davis, it's a back or it's a foot or it's a, it's a hand. It seems like they're little things, but they're keeping these guys out for a little bit longer period of time. Is is that a cause for concern or maybe just it's the regular season and they want to be careful with these guys? I think you hit it on the head, though. I think when you said, you know, the best availability is availability, right? Um, you know, Zion has battled injuries throughout his entire career. Um, I saw a stat today in terms of college basketball players. I think even going back to 2013, he may have had the highest usage rate in a college game in the in the last 13, 14 years, whatever that may be. Like, think about that. And he was only at Duke for one season, but he had the high. And there's been a lot of good players, like Trey Young. Like, think about the college basketball players you know, in the last 10 years, um, and he had the highest usage rate of anybody. Um, so, you know, I, I think his NBA career, when he's out there, he's so productive, uh, and the Pelicans are better. There's no question about it. Um, how can he take care of his body to be able to be out there more, produce more, which is better for everyone? Um, I think that's going to be the biggest challenge, and especially for an athlete as explosive as he is. I mean, you see – you know, explosive athletes in, in terms of how they play, you know, Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose, and I'm not comparing him to them uh, in terms of position, but more just, you know, their explosiveness and they rely sure. solely on their athleticism 
And what happens is, is Derrick Rose, I mean, he's battled injuries. As good as he was the year he won the MVP, um, and he's had some good years since. I mean, those injuries have, have crept up on him. I think the concerning thing for Pelican fans is just the lack of consistency um, of Zion being in the lineup because of the injuries. Um, severe or not severe, he, he is lack consistency being in the lineup. And, um, you know, when he's out there, they're good. I, I mean, I think you could make a case that they could win the West this year. Um, but, again, that lack of consistency – um, it's hard, and it's hard for the coaching staff to deal with, um, and even for Zion. You know, you want to see him out there because he's a he's an outstanding player, and he makes the league better when when he's out there playing. He's Matt McCall, former head coach at UMass in Chattanooga, national champion at his alma mater with the Florida Gators under Billy Donovan. Matt, as always, though, you know, you and I could go on for hours talking about college hoops. I I'm very grateful for our conversations and appreciative as always. You have a good one, and we'll uh, be catching up again here soon. You got it, man.